Welcome back, podcast listeners. Uh, this week of the No Room to Talk podcast, I'll be joined by Nico Pingan. Uh, Nico is an author and uh, co-host of the Argonauts podcast. Really good interview this week, but I say that about every interview. So, bit of a pro now, but <laughs> getting into it. Um, you can check out his book on Amazon. It is Baby Ascending. Um, um, futuristic wild crazy shit pretty sure if you're listening to this that might be something up your alley so I've done enough rambling it's time to get into the interview no room to talk podcast get it welcome, welcome to, to the no room to talk, room to talk podcast, podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back, No Room to Talk podcast. Back again with another interview. I'm pretty sure you guys will all enjoy this. I'm going to be speaking with Nico Pengen, and this brother has been so helpful to bless us today and come on and speak with us. Uh, we're going to go over. Hey, you know how we do sometimes. It just comes right off the cuff. So I'm going to let Nico get in here, uh, introduce himself, and let the people know about what's going on with you, Nico. What's up? Hey, thank you for having me. Such a, an amazing opportunity and for rescheduling. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I'm an author, and I do have a podcast called Argue Bros. Um, we pretty much just rant on a variety of different things and it's called argue bros for a reason because we don't know how to sometimes hold back when we have a very strong um, feeling towards a particular topic and you know we just go back and forth and for my books and stuff like that you know i just publish things that come out of my mind i know that your listeners aren't video only but if you see on my background um my stories are regarding my native um heritage as a dominican from the uh, dominican republic uh there's indians that used to habitat there and used to live there called tainos and so i just created a story that merged the ancestry of my people with uh, an inspiration when i saw the movie alita battle angel and i just merged a past sport with a futuristic concept of living in like outer space and super technology and stuff like that and you know, that's usually what I got going on, plus my website. But other than that, I like to talk about random things because it's really interesting when you talk to people and you get to see like how they think. And a lot of topics nowadays are really intriguing and just really fun to go and talk to other people, you know? No doubt. No doubt. Like that's that's really like one of the biggest things why I want to even start doing a podcast is because mm -hmm. I have always like always had uh, been the type of person to have like all these ideas. And I was like, I need to have yes. conversations. Like, yes. I just had this thought. I need to get it. Like, somebody, like, I don't care yes. if you agree with me or don't agree with me. I just need somebody to go back and forth with me about this. Cause yes, because I'd be like, I'm this. talking to myself <laughs> if I don't do it with somebody else. So, <laughs> yeah, that's actually, a, that's pretty dope. Because cool. I'd be like, man, I really want to just have somebody correct me or agree with me or just be like, okay, I don't agree or disagree. You're just on your own with this kind of thought. So that's yeah. actually pretty dope. Yeah, exactly. Because like, I like, here's the thing. I always tell everybody, like, I don't care if I'm right or if I'm wrong. Like, mm -hmm. I just like, I need to have this dialogue with somebody. Like, let's Facts. figure it out together. You know what I mean? So like, how do you feel about it? How, like, 
all right, well, maybe I didn't see it from your perspective. So mm-hmm. now you just gave me a whole new outlook on the situation I was looking at that I never even considered. And now, I, now I've grown, you know what I mean? Because that's really what all conversations about is like sharing knowledge with different individuals from different walks of life. Uh, and I think that's really is what helps us as a people uh, become closer together. And that's why I was like mm-hmm. with the internet now, like I'm reaching out to you, like through the power of the internet, like we, you and I are now sitting down having this conversation. We'll be able to go back and forth on some things. So I think yep. that's really dope. Yeah, and it's super important because you just never know when you're going to have that conversation that's just going to be a lasting impact that's going to make you go like, dang, man, if I didn't have this conversation, I wouldn't know how to think about this. Like one of the things that we talked um, on my podcast earlier uh, was like the uh, billionaires going to outer space and how dope that is. Um, and some of some people disagree that it's a good thing. Other people you know they want to continue doing that me personally i'm a bystander like i'm not a billionaire to even be in that room of discussion like a lot of people that have very strong opinions on it it's like unless you're a billionaire and capable of you know talking with jeff bezos one-on-one as an equal that's that's a very compelling argument to say how a billionaire should be spending his money like he made the money I think he should spend the money however he wants to. And if he's trying to do it for a greater good, how if you have less than hundreds of millions of dollars, what could you possibly say that could actually make a difference? Exactly. You know, and, and this, hey, this is a perfect place for us to start jumping off on um, because, like, I am, like, a space nerd uh, and I love space. And yeah, me this too. Has, this, this has, like you said, has sparked, like, debate on both sides with this. Um, mm-hmm. and, and my problem is like, I'm all right. So I'm quite a bit older than you. Like I'm 44, uh, I'll be 44, 45 this mm-hmm. year. So, um, I had those types of thoughts when you would say, Oh, this guy's a billionaire. This guy's a millionaire. I'm like, mm-hmm. nah, man, he's got all this money. Like what, you know, I don't have no money, but then with, you know, you get to gain some perspective. That wasn't the hand that I was dealt. You know, I mm-hmm. can't be, you know, checking somebody else's pockets. Like, you know, that's, <laughs> if you're doing that, you're not concentrating on yourself and when you're putting all that energy and thinking about what the next person or the other person has, you're not spending nearly enough time focusing on yourself and correcting or fixing your situation. So I think it's super dope that, you know, that these guys are like, all right, well, what else can I do with our money? Let's go to space. Uh, you know, I have the resources. I can get in these rooms with the certain people that get me there. And I think it's dope. I think it's the next, I mean, it's really like the next commercial like path that we're going to take here. You know, we've traveled the oceans, we've traveled the ground, we traveled the air, you know, mm-hmm. uh, suborbital. Let's go orbital. You know, let's see what that's all about. You know, and of, and of course I get it. You got Richard Branson, uh, Elon Musk, and uh, Jeff Bezos. Granted, these guys are in charge of major corporations and everybody yep. has their feelings about corporations. Like, mm-hmm. are they good? Are they bad? Yeah, um, we could have a whole discussion on that. But yeah, the number one topic is like, should they be using this money in the way that they're doing it? And I think it's a it's a it's a net positive for for like all of humanity. Yeah, especially the fact that they're they're essentially trying to do a well, not all of them, but I think just the galactic and um, blue origins. They're just trying to do commercial 
traveling. So they're just trying to, you know, people that are well off and just show them that, you know, in outer space, like a couple million dollars for like 11 minute ride and stuff like that. SpaceX, on the other hand, they're trying to go to the moon to try to go to the Mars to try to colonize. And there's other companies out there, too, that are actually even more intriguing. I love space. My story is based off of outer space because I love space. I used to study it so much. And I recently found out within this year that we can I don't know if we can, but quote unquote, we can as humans go on to the asteroid belt or to pass an asteroid and mine them yeah. for like iron, nickel and a whole bunch of other um, outer space minerals and stuff like that. Kind of like and, it, and when I heard that, it kind of reminded me of the movie Avatar. Right, like, right, right. When the, when the when the humans went to Pandora and they went just to grab that like uranium or whatever that expensive mineral Un- was. what was it called unattainium yeah whatever that was (laughs) like they 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 said that just like an ounce or whatever could fund like billions or trillions of dollars and stuff like that and that was science fiction when it came out in 2009 but that it could be a reality within the next five to ten maybe even 15 years like imagine humans actually going to either the moon or passing asteroids and instead of just like you know claiming that there's going to be a calamity and stuff like that. Like we just send a space rocket out there, a a crew, maybe a 20 or maybe a hundred people. And I don't know the logistics. I'm not the scientist. I'm just the, I'm just the author who has this vivid imagination about how it's going to get done. And the fact that it's now starting to look more and more like a reality and less and less like science fiction. And it's even funnier because then the movies um, and movies similar to that, they're going to be more so like reference tracks, like on hip hop, where it's like they dropped a reference track and now the, it's actually happening. Like a company could actually make millions and billions of dollars just going to an asteroid and picking it apart, cleaning it out tooth and nail, bringing it back home. No one's dying. No one's suffering. You know, it's very different than, you know, like a coal mine and stuff like that where people are, you know, sick and, you know, you got to do it for a couple of days and you're already starting to have symptoms. I mean, the worst that could happen is like the space shuttles and stuff like that explode or whatever. But you know what I'm saying? And maybe aliens. I mean, I could write a whole book on what could happen, <laughs> but it's still like, it's kind of exciting. The fact that we could actually become an interplanetary species. We could actually go. And even if we don't become interplanetary uh, species, if we're, if, if we're just capable of actually getting space rocks and bringing them back to earth, and not just having the asteroids slam onto Earth and having people just buy it and uh, with those special Earth crystals and stuff like that, the, the rip-off crystals and stuff like that. Yeah. See, and I, th- I think that's uh, one thing that uh, people don't seem to realize, that like, if we are going to continue as a species, if we don't destroy ourselves or there's a, you know, mega volcanoes or an asteroid, yep, yep. in order for us to continue, like, we are going to have to leave, leave Earth. Um, it's, mm. it's an inevitability and the crazy thing is like you say like science fiction if uh, my mother she's a, a huge trekkie you know she's like star trek <laughs> you know she loved it i grew up i love star wars I star wars gay yeah, you know what i mean that's it so a lot of the things that we've seen in these things are now like reality like you know mm-hmm. like the internet uh cell phones um uh, from some of you don't really know what like vhs is but also like when we made that jump from vhs tapes Onto DVDs, which nobody. I mean, that's how Blockbuster died out. They wasn't ready for it. Yeah, and 
when you look at that progression, it's the same way when we're talking about like commercial interstellar flight. Like, of mm-hmm. course, in the very beginning, it's going to be incredibly expensive for like the and kind of risky. Person. But yep. as time progresses, it will the cost will come down because you will have more and more people having the ability to do it, which then makes it more cost effective for the day to day man or woman to take these trips. I mean, I, I still think it's it's kind of crazy. Like, just a couple, maybe hundred years ago, people were scared to travel across the continent. People were scared to get on a airplane. People were terrified to get on anything that wasn't like one hundred percent guaranteed. I mean, even airplanes nowadays aren't guaranteed. You know, like the 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 one that got missing in the Philippines, like seven forty seven. Yeah. You know, it's still not a guarantee, but people are still willing to take that risk of you know going somewhere really, really far away at, you know, 12, 13 hours that would have maybe 100, 200, 300 years ago would have taken them 5, 10, 15, 20 years to be able to reach that distance. I think it's going to be the same with interplanetary, you know, being able to go to the moon effectively, maybe land a base on there as SpaceX is trying to do. And as other companies start to see the profitability in that, I'm pretty sure people will start thinking, hey, yeah, we can go to outer space. You know, nobody wants to foot the bill, of course. <laughs> That's why they're leaving it up to the billionaires. Like, hey, you guys that are, you know, space nerds and stuff like that, that got billions of dollars. Why don't you guys show NASA how to use the money correctly? <laughs> See, the wildest thing is like, if people don't uh, want to check, it's like a hundred years ago, you know, your fastest means of transportation was a horse. Yep. You know, like a horse, four legs, animal. Yeah. You had to feed it. You to and you had it. a whole industry. Yeah. A whole industry like people blacksmiths blacksmiths you had a whole industry just off of horse like who's making shoes for horses now like it's like or like is that a profession that you're like looking to jump into now like but at one time it was like it was it, it, we need somebody it was the yeah it was the profession to get into like if you was a you was the man you you, you was able to puff out your chest <laughs> like hey i'm a blacksmith that you know over here da, 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 da. now you know People could be looking at that in the next 100 years. People could be looking at space mechanics like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it, it's wild. And, like, and the thing about it is, uh, for most people, and I, I keep saying most people, but a lot of people um, mm-hmm. go through life with their eyes facing down. Um, yeah. I've been always one of those people, like, I've always looked up. You yeah. Know, I've always looked up. And uh, I had a conversation uh, like a like a couple of weeks ago with a really good friend of mine, and I was like, "Yo, I like sometimes I'll look off into the night sky, and it'll, I'll roll a tear, uh, you know, because mm-hmm. it just you really get to see like how small we are in the whole grand scheme of things." Are you capable of seeing the stars at night where you're at? Um, on a really good dark night, uh, you can see a really like it's it's one of the most beautiful things to look at. It's just see the stars and know. That perhaps a lot of the stars that I'm seeing are stars that have died out thousands of years ago. Like, the and, oh, that's that such a seeing. hard concept to grasp. Space time, uh, when uh, looking into space time, is one of the things that you can't even, as a human, we can't even fathom. Um, yeah, we can't. It's so weird. Our lifespans aren't even a fraction of a fraction compared to the the lifespan of the universe, mm-hmm. and we only have a perceivable. A perceivable, even as vast as that is, we mm-hmm. only have a perceivable view of the solar system. There's even areas far beyond what we are capable of seeing. That it still goes on. It continues on further than we have any real comprehension of. And 
um, I was doing some reading where science say, uh, if we subscribe to the Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. is when we look at an explosion, when we get to the particles to the most outside of the explosion, they slow down. The mm. Big Bang is actually in reverse, where it's still speeding up. Mm. And the universe, so if you subscribe to this, it is still expanding. Hmm. at a and it's speeding up at a faster rate so anything that is traveling with the outer bounds of our solar system mm-hmm. we will never see because it's still continuing to go away from us is is some of like those are the type of thoughts that i have and i'm just like why is nobody else thinking about this <laughs> you know i mean i think i think that's one of the reasons why nasa's um so focused on trying to build all those massive telescopes is because they're so intrigued at, you know, like the Hubble telescopes and the rovers that are capable of being um, sent to like faraway planets, like the one on Pluto and stuff like that, and seeing how other planets look, but also seeing the great beyond from our current solar system and trying to see other galaxies. And as you mentioned, it's kind of crazy how like we can look up and those stars are already dead. But we're still here and it's alive. It's like we're looking at a picture that's already, it's non-existent. Like if we were to travel there, by the time we get there, it's not there no more. <laughs> but we just have like a simple picture, a simple glimpse. You know, where I'm at when it's when it's nighttime, if you are not in like the, if you're in a good location, you're able to see all the stars, all the constellations. And when I look up, I always, I, the only real constellation I can really pinpoint is like the um, the Big Dipper, and um, uh, and the only reason is because I can I can see the uh, I think it's the uh, uh, what's the guy who oh. makes up the Big Dipper um, who has the sword Orion's belt. Orion's belt, yeah. yes. I can see the Big Dipper and Orion's belt because his belt has those three stars yeah. and they're, they're just so, it's so easy to point out. It's like, wow, the fact that if we were to like starting right now with our technology, go towards those locations by the time we get there, it could be non-existent. And if we do get there, could we potentially have life? Yeah. Um, it, it, is, it is human hubris to believe in all the vastness of space is like, we are so unique that there is nothing else like us. Yeah, I think it's so selfish. It's so egotistical. It's so selfish to say that out of every possibility out there, like if you're a statistician, if you are a mathematician, if you look at stats, if you look at data, numbers, information, the the probability of us being the only living organisms is, I think personally, is very unlikely. There's got to be others. other things of the beings like there's new reports every day coming out whether uh, i think i saw a report last week talking about how uh, scientists discovered recently that there's like a thousand five hundred different stars in the in this uh zone that we are capable of looking at through telescopes and stuff like that that stars that can just see us and at first i was like bewildered like who cares if they can see us? Like, what does that even matter? And it's like, oh, if they can see us, it's just like how we can see planets. And it's like, oh, that planet could have life on there. And it's like, wow. So there could be other species. There could be aliens looking at us like, hey, I could see you being home, (laughs) either in a good way or in a bad way. You got resources that you have on there called water (laughs) that our planet does not have. You know, and and it's it is so foolhardy 
and and here's the thing: who's to say that it has to be carbon based? Um, mm-hmm. What we know about chemicals and chemical reactions, it it's carbon based life form is what we know. Exactly. You know, that is it the, in the realms of what we perceive as reality. That is how those laws work here. You know, um, one of the greatest things also is like we have and. Thank you to every scientist out there that work on putting together those lining those telescopes up to prove that there is a black hole and what a black hole is mm-hmm. with the basis of now knowing that there is a black hole. It actually brings into the conversation that perhaps string theory and alternate universes do actually exist. Mm-hmm. Um, what any uh, physicist has said, once you get past the event horizon of a black hole mm-hmm. the laws of the laws of physics of which we know break down like we do not have the the technical math the resources to actually understand and comprehend what is actually going on there and at the center of every solar system there is an enormous black hole mm-hmm. so that is that is that is just one of the those the many things uh, of life that you you just look at and you try to you know take your small human feeble mind and try to wrap mm-hmm. that figure and say okay so you're telling me that we have the possibility that everything that we know everything that we see has not only happened exactly this way but mm-hmm. in multiple different ways and also like with the with regards to the black hole i think there was also an idea that the spiraling um, galaxies are ones that have a black hole right in the middle, which I think is the theory that the Milky Way has one right in the middle. Yes. yes. And, and that's been proven, right? Yes, it has. Yes. Inside of every solar system, there is an enormous black hole that actually keeps, it is the one thing that like keeps everything in rotation. It is the uh, the counterweight, as it were, to that to that universe, to that solar system. And what is even more bizarre, mm-hmm. this is, this is this is one right here. It was just crazy. I just looked this up. Um, there is actually an area in space that there's nothing. And it's called the uh, Boots Void. Uh, it is an area in space where there are no stars. There is no light. It's just empty, dark. Like dark matter? It's just dark. No, it's just nothing. There's nothing there. It's just dark. Like like in the ocean water where there's just nothing? Yeah. There, hmm. It's nothing is there. And... How do we explain that? Yeah, how do you explain nothing <laughs> when when you're expecting something to be there but nothing is there? You know, and then like what is space? Like there's no up, there's no down. Is it a container? Does it have edges? Does it have walls? Is it a sphere or is it a box? Is it a cube? Is it a rhomboid? I don't know. I don't like, think space has this particular shape. I think it's just I think that's why it's called space because there's yeah. <laughs> it's just endless space. And back to what you were saying in regards to the alternate dimensions and stuff like that. That's also one of the reasons why I like um, how Marvel is now doing this quantum realm thing with like Ant-Man and the Wasp and throwing that. And I like, you know, even though a lot of people hate time travel and stuff like that, I like the fact that they threw in that complexity of an alternate like reality because a lot of people still think that everything is based off of carbon how you mentioned and it's like you know like what if you know i'm a big i'm a science fiction nerd i love big what ifs what if you know it's just 
in an alternate dimension, an alternate reality, like in a fourth dimension or a fifth, sixth, whatever, like how uh, the Spider-Man movie um, with Miles Morales, how he was able to tap into different layers of a dimension that he was currently, he was physically living there, but there was different dimensions within his reality that allowed him to see other versions of himself. It's like, that could be the same thing. Like, you know, what if extraterrestrials are already living on earth, but just in a different entirely dimension. And we just cannot see them because we're carbon made. We can't see just like, you know, how a lot of people, you know, say that ghosts are real and stuff like that. So we don't have the capacity to see them maybe in the future in 2030 generations from now in the 50th generation, we might be able to invent, invent some kind of goggles or virtual reality, alternate reality that allows us to see all kinds of dimensions and realities within our eyes, possibly even be able to see from outer space. Like, you know, can you imagine having goggles in your eyes that are capable of being like telescopic? Like, Hey, I want to see Jupiter as if it's right in front of me, tap your eyes or something like that. And you'd be able to like, see it clear as night. Yeah, that, that, that would be, I mean, I would, I would sign up for that to have something like that, to be able to, actually view just our solar system you know our universe just to be able to see the things that exist here um and here as a very relative term uh when considering this like the distances of space um i i think it's like you can sit like a number of like suns in between us and like jupiter and mm. and, and that's another thing scale when it comes to space. scale is mm. just it's it's ridiculously large um like the sun itself like <laughs> you think there's the earth like, oh the earth is huge oh the earth is large mm-hmm. the earth isn't anything and when we talk about stars our sun isn't dwarf yeah, it's a dwarf sun you know it, it's there are stars in the solar system that we can fit 10 million of our suns inside 10 million like and 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 yeah, I can say those numbers, but you can't really understand can't. what that means. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, we have numbers to say it, but what does that actually mean? And I think that's one of the coolest things about like astronauts that I'm so jealous of, except I'm not jealous of, you know, all that hard work you have to do to be able to go to space. Definitely. That's why I really like all these billionaires trying to send people up to space because who really wants to be spending all those years studying all that just to be able to get on a rocket ship when you could just pay somebody, you know, obviously it's a couple million dollars, but still like that's a, that's like an adventure of a lifetime to be able to go up there and then actually see the scaled out version of the moon and the sun and see like, wow. I thought the sun was, you know, small down on earth, but the, you know, if you get, if you go up, it's going to get bigger. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the closer you go to outer space, the bigger the sun is going to seem. And then the smaller the earth is going to seem. It's like, it's like how we look at ants and small little microscopic bacteria. Like that's the comparison between us and the sun. And if that's small, then it's just like, we're almost atomic particle size compared to you know non-dwarf sized suns it's almost like you you can see and value your small little life a little bit more when you can see just how big outside really is and outside being the outside of earth <laughs> yeah it, it, it is so bugged out like and, and this is the type of stuff like i said i have these types of like 
fever dreams all the time just thinking about this stuff because it, it, it is so incredible. And um, that is like I said, it, it saddens me that more people don't actually like have these types of discussions with, you know, just people around them um, because it's, I'd hate to tell you people like this. It's, it's real. Like science, science fiction is more closer to reality than we tend to give credit to. Um, it, it is amazing. Like I tell people all the time, we're like, Hey, you want to, want to hear something that'll just blow your mind? And I'm like, what? I was like, do you know you're made up of more empty space than you are solid space? And they're like, what? I was like, yeah. I say like, every atom in our body is vibrating at a certain frequency. They give mm-hmm. us the appearance of being solid. If you break us down, to our molecules, there's empty gaps between every tiny molecule, every atom in your body. And I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, you're empty space. We are just vibrating at a certain frequency. That's why we are solid. I mean, I would look at it in a different perspective. If we're, if our bodies are made of like 73% of water, it's like, like what does water have? It's all, I would say it's almost like the same thing. Really? Because it it's it's you're not having it's not like you're made of you know like if you if you're made of water it's almost like it's almost like nothing I'm not gonna say it's nothing because if you remove all the water then you pretty much are you're dead but if you're made of something that's something like water it's almost like space as well and then back to back to the point in regards to uh, you know the billionaires doing the greater good and science fiction becoming a reality Elon Musk is pretty much creating the Elysium. Like I don't know if you saw that movie or heard about Elysium. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He, that the 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 microchip thing, that's pretty much like what Elysium was all based upon. It was a hotel, oh not a hotel, excuse me, a city. Yeah. Because because now billionaires are creating a hotel, <laughs> um, but it's a pretty much a city that's in outer space with a whole bunch of humans that are able to live up there. Versus then uh, down on Earth, you have everybody that can't afford it have like these, you know uh supercomputers in their brains and one of the things that on the argue bros podcast that we were arguing about is whether people would actually want to get implanted or whether they wouldn't and if you're you know, a liar you wouldn't uh, some people would be completely against it because of hacking and you know the privacy and stuff like that but then if you're making that judgment without even hearing what the benefits are then you don't have an accurate balance you don't have an accurate way of judging because think about it if you're capable of having like like i said like that vision to be able to see outer space like crazy being able to compute things on a whim you know we might computers now are physical but once those things start to happen i mean think about it if if it's like a five ten thousand dollar a supercomputer implanted who's gonna buy a mac who's gonna who's gonna buy a gaming computer who's gonna buy a multimedia whatever when you're capable of just computing it within your own head it's going to increase efficiency x y and z and obviously same thing as before the first tech the first people that use it it ain't going to be the perfect version that's that's just bar nut it's the same with with medicine and stuff like that there's got to be people that i got you know essentially got to take one for the team but after generations of use like look at computers computers started like i think in like 1940s or 1950s and they took like 10 rooms of space and now you can have a computer like the size of like the small than your palm that's crazy and to the point where now you you 
pretty much getting injected like uh the there was this monkey that used that technology i, I forgot the name of the technology that he was playing pong with himself See, that's crazy See, and the only drawback that i have to like technology like that uh granted it, it'd be great like if, if you get off by not being truthful with people that's probably not a technology that you want to come out with but it's then it just for things like that is you always i look at is you know the the haves and the have nots uh those mm. who are able to afford and and not and how much of a gap will that even more increase between you know the wealthy and the poor uh mm. when they were to have that type of technology um because you look at it what types of advantages will that give you and then also look at the disadvantages that would give you uh if you're somebody who doesn't have that ability but i have that ability the types of moves that i can walk in that you can't mm. and that creates a another social divide um like i said the technolo technolo technology and its advances uh has a way of separating uh as much as it does bring people together ideas together it also has a way of classing um, people. And, and that's one of the drawbacks that I have that I have, I have these really, you know, utopian type ideas of how it could be. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately we are humans and a lot of humans are uh, financially driven. And what is their real um, meaning behind what they, what they want to do uh, with certain kinds of technologies. So something like that, I see the, I truly do see the benefits, but I also see where this could also uh, prove to be very detrimental for a certain class of people, uh, meaning the poor. Yeah, I mean, like look at Elysium. In order to get to what they the the wealthy needed, they had to take pretty much advantage of everybody who couldn't afford it. Pretty much like a guinea pigs and b mindless zombies that just work, and that's like a big big cost that you got to weigh that like is, is that something that people are willing to get like if you're if you're capable of getting healed from any kind of sickness or disease but it's at the cost of your sanity or the cost of your individuality personality your consciousness you know is that something people are willing to trade in that, that's a big that's a big ask and then in regards to um getting there you know, how are you going to get to that technology? How are you going to get to those resources? Like, what if the only way to get to those resources is like going to outer space and mining asteroids and getting those materials off of, you know, asteroids and, and risking people's lives and stuff like that. And then you got that whole like avatar Pandora, like, you know, how much is uh, somebody's life worth? How much is uh, technology worth? Because, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, people were risking it all for in the name of science. You know, and Absolutely. now it's going to be pretty much the same thing when people do vaccines. It's the same thing. You, people, some people have to take the brunt of the sacrifices for the greater good. And it's like, oof, that's a tough conversation to have. Like, it, how many people should you send on a, on a space shuttle to Mars if we are capable of going? And if you get there, how long should they stay? Should they stay there 5, 10, 15 years, 30 months, um, one month and come back? Like, how do you even view that? And if they do stay there, it's like, are they even able to come back? And then if not, then you just expand outwards and then just leave this planet, little old Earth dying. That's, that's, that is the, 
the the big question that you have to have. Like you have to look like does the ends justify the means? Um mm. like our reality, like what is our reality? What will our reality become? Like uh do we become less human um mm. by taking these things on? Um it's um I forget what it the um I think it's is it a Theseus? A Theseus ship? Um, where if you have um, the, the a Roman uh, got, um, soldier and he had this ship mm-hmm. and they wanted to keep it and preserve it. So for years and years and years, well, one board needs to be replaced. So you replace that board. Uh, the sail needs to be changed. So you change the sail. Is it still the same ship? Oh, I, I remember hearing that. That Oh, man, that, that is tough. That's a very tough that's a very tough uh, problem puzzle because I, I, that's just like a car. Like if you buy a car like brand new and then like over 10 years, you replace every piece on the car. Would it still be the same car? I think no. Like after you replace everything, of course not. So same with humans. Like if, if it's like, that's the same thing with, uh, with, uh, like, uh, the creation of, of, uh, artificial organs and stuff like that. Uh, the people that are tr- uh, pursuing like immortality and stuff like that. It's like if you replace every organ in your body with like a mechanical one, it's like are you still considered human? You know, or would you be more so of a cyborg? Like in my story, I have cyborgs and genetic modification because I know human nature has this greed that just does not get satisfied no matter what you always want more you can't just be satisfied with having a hundred years you want to have 200 years you want to have 300 years you want to have as much and maybe you don't want to be 200 years and weak you want to be 200 years and robust and healthy you want to be able to knock someone out if they talk to you incorrectly you know what i'm saying and you know that's that fine balance of like ooh, is that something that should be able to be done and if it is would that be a completely brand new species of human a subspecies a modified species like you know it would it would everybody just be a cyborg at that moment in time like hey we're able to increase life expectancy if you're able to like get a mechanical heart or a mechanical this and mechanical that or like you know what that's just tampering a little too much that's playing god let me not do that or hey by any means necessary <laughs> exactly like the the big question comes down to um what what makes you you what makes me me um mm. if i go through all right i start losing my eyesight so i get a new set of eyes um, mm. my heart starts to fail uh, i get a new heart okay i i know that i'm me but am i really me um and then where does my consciousness live where see we all know about like computers and memory Mm-hmm. But how does organic memory work? How is it stored? How are our memories stored? Like, where do those things go? How are we able? And genetic memories. Um, when you, the craziest thing is like the difference between, um, I, I saw this come up, the difference between humans and any other species is with every generation outside of humans, you start at zero because we have the ability to pass on prior knowledge. Whereas a dog, cannot pass its own past back to its offspring. Now, things that come with instincts uh, through genetics, those happen. Like, you know, you know, lift the leg when they pee, um, mm-hmm. wag their tail, things like that. Those types of things. But true knowledge of history, of past, 
where we've come from, where we're trying to go. That is all learned information. Now, if we look further into artificial intelligence, see, we have books and computers where we have to read to get that knowledge. So it still has to be learned. But when you have artificial intelligence, that in all that knowledge is brought to the next generation instantly. So that brings the question of, can AI be human? What is the difference between organic life and artificial life? And is it still life? I mean, when you go, when you go back to that, the comparison of that puzzle of the thesis ship, was it? Yeah. You know, it's like, if you have an organic human, that piece by piece becomes genetically modified into a cyborg, like the cyborg off a of team Titan or the cyborg off of a uh, justice league. When you have a cyborg like that, who was human. And then over time, just piece by piece by piece becomes essentially a robot. And then you got like Iron Man who pretty much did the same thing versus, uh, I forgot who was the robot that was the enemy in Marvel, but there was a, uh, the the robot that iron man created yeah he, he created an actual robot so it's like what's the difference if you go piece by piece and essentially mod yourself up <laughs> literally you mod yourself up like as if you was a car to the point where you're not recognizable like if you walk through a metal detector it's gonna say not you because it's just gonna go off you know it's it's this I would say it's not not even a negative conversation, but it's like a conversation that should be had that should be people should start to have because it's happening, whether you want to admit it or not. It's something that's currently happening. And, you know, you just got to make that this distinction, whether that's something that you want or not. But also not only in outer space, but I was also thinking like, again, author that runs on like crazy imagination, not only space, but there haven't been as much like underwater exploration. You know, what if human beings, not only, you know, you got the, you know, four or five billionaires around the world that are trying to send people up to outer space, but what about, you know, the other ones that aren't doing anything about sending people down in the water? Like obviously granted, I think it's much more difficult, like facing water pressure, I think, than sending people to the moon. I don't know for what reason, but, if that could be cracked too, that would be a crazy thing to discover. You know, what kind of things were past civilizations of humans hiding or what things were covered by water? You know, what, what could you find 10, 20, 30, 40 miles down in the deep and all these deep trenches, what kind of things could be discovered? Not only possibly ancient uh, civilizations, artifacts, who knows, like you might be able to discover treasure troves, um, you might be able to discover a whole bunch of information about what organic matter is kind of thing. Like, I don't know. Like it's just this uh, mysticism, this mystery of the unknown is just so intriguing. Like whether it's in outer space or underwater, there's so much that's untapped information. And it's like, again, humans, we have such a short span of time. We don't have a limited time to be able to go up and down. <laughs> and uh, and the ones that do have the capacity to do so currently are all just focusing most of their attention on going out. You know, I, I would think like, hey, if we're capable of going out and about, wouldn't we also be able to create like cities underwater? Wouldn't we be able to create like, I, and I know there's a couple like 
the hotels and stuff like that and small little pods. But I'm saying like the same concept that Elon Musk has for Mars, where it's like a complete city with like this complete bubble or this complete dome type of thing. What if they just did something like that that was capable of withstanding the water pressure? I know there's been a lot of science movies where like at some point it cracks and stuff like that, but like, let's keep it real. Let's do it <laughs> to not ever have it cracked. And then that's a real conversation that you can have. Like if, if water is going to flood the whole earth anyways, why not just build a habitat under the water in the first place? You know, and that, and, and that question right there just brings into the fragility of human beings. Uh, and it says like for all of our advances um, mentally, physically, we are very, very weak creatures i mean we uh like i mean look at here's the thing uh a quick way to show how fragile humans actually are most animals uh they're young within a few days they can exist <laughs> you leave a baby a newborn baby just sitting out that baby dead like that baby's right. not gonna make it you know not at all <laughs> and, and that's and that's the thing it's like we are so soft and when you bring up the ocean uh, which is, it's an, it's another frontier because there are things down there that exist that live with the amounts of pressure that that you were speaking about, um, and then we have things like like jellyfish uh, that are biologically immortal. Um, mm-hmm. For people who don't understand, um, jellyfish can't if they're not um, killed die or eaten, they will exist indefinitely. Their yeah. cells re- regenerate. And then look at um, octopus. I believe octopus are aliens. I don't, I don't think they're of this world because the things that they're able to do and how smart they are and how their appendages actually have um, brain function and how mm-hmm. they're able to mimic their surroundings without actually seeing color, but they can match colors seamlessly. Um, it is one of the most amazing things and this is here on earth so we don't have to like a lot of times i you know i spend a lot of time looking up but if we also every once in a while look back and look down you will see some truly incredible things that are happening here that if i were to show somebody or tell somebody about this maybe 200 years ago they would have thought it was an alien you know but that it's here uh, and for us to experience for us to to witness um but yeah the pressure that's the that's the that's the one thing that is like really holding us back is not having the ability to actually exist i mean it i didn't know that about the octopuses that they can't see color so that's even more impressive that would be more so of like similar to like a chameleon um being able to just blend in with the environment and stuff like that Oh, but that's actually really impressive. I didn't know that they couldn't see color. So that's that's kind of crazy. And I think scientists have tried to imitate it, but like once they're dead, they can't do that no more, right? No. Once so yeah, so that's kind of crazy how like consciously they're capable of doing that without recognizing the colors. And and oh, that's so that's a, such an amazing thing. And I, I know that in 2020, um, there was this article that was written by the New Yorker called 36,000 feet under the sea, which is in regards to, um, a, I don't know if it was a billionaire or a millionaire who had a submarine created 
um, to be able to go 36,000 feet underneath the water. And they didn't discover what I would say is something drastically, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you know, a huge Kraken or a huge this, a huge that treasure. No, they were able to discover like over 100 um, new species in regards to um, aquatic life. But it was, you know, small little like plankton, crabs, um, small little things like that. And when the explorer got to the bottom uh, at the, I think it's 10 miles. I think 36,000 feet is 10 miles. So my math might be wrong, um, but I think so. But when they got there, however long deep that was, like the, the submarine started to crack. And it's like, that's what our current technology can do when people are focused on trying to do that. Imagine if there were the same amount of billionaires focusing not only on the outer space portion but also on like the under the water portion and not just exploration but actually trying to create a viable way of living under the water because when you think about it under the water if you do it high enough the sun can still reach there and if you're able to create like this dome kind of thing where um you can just receive sunlight then you grow stuff under the water and, and under the water, like I was telling uh, one of my friends, like under the water is pretty much like outer space. Like when you go out in the water, like there's almost no gravity. Gravity is almost non-existent in the water. Like you go, you can flow, you can just literally just hang in the water as if you were in outer space. So if you were capable of creating massive um domes and stuff like that under the water that are, are glass that, are, you know, can't be broken no matter how tough or whatever it's like that could actually be a reality humans could be able to live not only under the water on land and in outer space yeah and like before we we, we leave off of of octopus i want to uh, share a story with you real quick because it was it was when i heard the story myself i was like this, this is bizarre so there was a gentleman who owned a um exotic fish aquarium mm -hmm. and he had tons of different aquatic fish and he had some octopus and one day he started noticing like some of his fish would go missing and he's like what what the hell is going on like where are my fish going so you know he put up night cameras to oversee his entire uh area well he had an octopus that would crawl up out at night it would crawl up out of its um tank crawl across the floor crawl up to the other fish tank, eat its fill, and would crawl itself back across the floor and back into its tank. That is how incredibly smart these creatures are. But he would leave the tank open? It, it didn't have a, he, he didn't realize that they would do this. He had no idea that an octopus would move across dry land. But they would. Oh, wow. They want food. That is how intelligent they are. They, they open jars. Um, they are incredibly intelligent creatures. And this is what this gentleman was able to discover is he wasn't being robbed. His fish were being eaten. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. I didn't know octopuses could. So, so then that would, that would almost, you know, I can see where you mean that they might be aliens type of thing. Cause then that would bring up the conversation of our octopus amphibians. And here's the thing. It had the wherewithal to know I can't be seen here. I have to go back. Like, I, I can't just, like, just sit in this tank. 
I have to go back where I came from. So nobody will know. That's that's crazy because in his head, it's like, I can't let them know that I can leave whatever I want. Right. Like, oh, my God. At at any moment in time, they could just get up, walk, maybe. Oh, my goodness. That's that's crazy. So, all right. Here's another one. Uh, Have you ever heard of a water bear? Water bear? Like a... That is the... Uh, the layman term for it, but it's actually what it's called is a tardigrade. Hmm. Uh, a tardigrade is a, it's a very sub, uh, it's almost subatomic. It's a microorganism that is micro, well, it's microscopic. Um, it can live in any, it can live in the vacuum of space. It can live in uh, the volcanic areas of Earth. Or it can live in the frozen areas in the Arctic, and it will thrive. It is the perfect organism. And these what's things, the size? Uh, it's microscopic. Uh, they're actually uh, they're over sixty six million years old, uh, and the earliest one that was discovered was in seventeen seventy seven uh, by an Italian biologist. Um, and this is real because I'm looking at the pictures right now. This is a real, real. Yes, this this is a thing. Like a tardigrade. Uh, these are little. They almost look like like little piglets. Um, if any if listeners, if you're out there, take some time, Google tardigrade, and blow your mind. <laughs> yeah, it has it has no face, just a mouth. But they are the perfect organism. Wow, it looks like Majin Buu from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> it does look like Majin Buu. It has eight eight arms or legs. It looks like it looks like somebody would just create this from a science fiction just to like, wow, this is crazy. Oh my goodness. And this this is a real organism? This is why I say like people, we are living in one of the greatest petri dishes known to man Uh, there are things around us that exist and have existed long before we were around and will continue to live long after we're gone yeah this is way way out of my like i would have never thought about this wow this is crazy this is very small it's like it's almost like how i was saying like you know we can't see other dimensions but they could be existing right with it boom right here this is prime example yeah because we can't see this with our naked eye can we no uh let's see let's see our tardigrades are usually about 0.5 millimeters um so they're almost unperceivable uh they will look like uh you know when you get like little bits of like dust particles in your eye like that's about the size of them wow and that's it has a mouth it has a butt so it can eat food and it can uh digest food and it can uh oh my and it can poop food so it's like a whole real oh my goodness yeah tardigrades are a barrel-shaped body they have four pairs of stubby little legs um they're sectional um but they exist they can exist in the vacuum of space they can also exist in any climate here on earth they are the the perfect creature (laughs) And I can only imagine if this was like a human size, this would be a nightmare. 
Oh, it'd be the it'd be the worst thing ever. Oh, this is this is a total nightmare. Like my my author brain is just like racing right now. Like if this was my size, this would be a terrible. Like this is like if I played a video game, this would be like extreme hard mode boss tier level. In order, like imagining a fight with a tartar bear at like human level. Not it doesn't even have to be bigger than human level. It could even be like maybe like a dog level. That still would be like a freak of nature. Like, oh my goodness, it looks so scary, it has no eyes, just this big mouth and four paws looking things. Like, oh my goodness, science fiction meets reality and not I was not ready for that. Yeah, like I like hey, life is stranger than fiction. Like it, yeah, it is. Yeah. Like I said, people, it is all out there for us to consume. All these things exist and will continue to exist. You know, we didn't just come like to be here alone. There have been other things that have been evolving right alongside us. We choose not to pay attention. Pay attention, people. Like, life is strange and will continue to be strange. <laughs> Man, and, and now that I actually look at that, that actually reminds me that I forgot in what class, but I remember there was a, cl- a science class um, that we actually um, had to look at carnivorous bacteria eat like eat other bacteria that were like um non-carnivorous and just like watching like youtube clips or whatever um and obviously there's like it's you're looking at it through a microscope um recording and just to watch that and, and i wasn't thinking about that at that point but now that i think about it like if those animals or those bacteria were like any larger that would be very very not good (laughs) like i can only imagine how uh, other countries have like their crazy animal problems like australia and stuff like that where you have like animals like the spiders that are capable of like creating all these webs to the point where it's like you have spider season where you know for a fact that your city or or roads or whatever are going to be covered by spiders and you got to be careful because uh <laughs> they eat whatever gets caught oh no i mean look case in point uh i know many of you listeners out there we all have pets we love our pets you have some people you have house cats and you love them and you love mittens and mittens is the greatest thing ever but if mittens was 25 pounds you wouldn't have mittens as a house cat that thing would be ferocious like i would <laughs> there is no way that if you had a 25 pound house cat he would be a problem for you like Dogs, dogs are great. I love dogs. Uh, my dog Xerxes is now bugging me right now. But if Xerxes, he knows that's a great name, <laughs> Xerxes. Love him. I think dogs. And we'll have this debate. Dogs are loyal. Uh, if you die in your house with your dog, he'll sit by you and he'll wait until mm-hmm. something happens. You have a house cat and you die. He's going to eat you because that house cat is going to live. Oh really? Oh yeah. Just just word to the wise people. Your cat doesn't really that. love you. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's a new interest. Man, you just hitting me with all these dope facts and information. I didn't I did not know that. No, cats tolerate us. We don't we don't own cats. They, yeah, they look all sweet and they, they purr and they're cool to be around. They're awesome. But cats don't care. <laughs> wow, I did not know that. So that is something intriguing that I did not know that. 
So they they only they're only tolerating you because uh, you're capable of kicking their butt. Exactly. Like cat hit the thing about house cat. And I'm sorry, house cat militia will come after me for saying this. Um, but hey, I'm neutral. <laughs> <laughs> the cat, the, a cat does not care. A cat, if you, a cat is, it is, it is a great companion as a pet. I will say that. However, they only tolerate you <coughs> because a cat is pretty self reliant. It it doesn't really need you. It mm. would prefer to have you, but it doesn't mm. need you. Like Xerxes, he needs me. Like he knows mm. if I send him out in the wild, he can't be like a coyote. He doesn't just immediately become a coyote. Oh, I see. A house cat, if that house cat gets away, you know that house cats are responsible for the deaths of over 100 million animals a year. True story. Birds, squirrels, Ground nesting, just they're they come out of the womb ready to kill. That's mm. a cat for you. Cats will always be killers. Just remember that, people. <laughs> I did not, yo, that is crazy. That now, now that actually adds a new perspective of I gotta get a dog. <laughs> if I if I was to get a pet, I need to make sure it's a dog now. I want I want my companion after death. I want you know if if, if I die, <laughs> I would I would like to have a loyal animal to you know give me a salute one last time. You know what I'm saying? Not to look at me like I'm a delicious meal. Like ooh, you know, couple hundred pounds worth of free meat <laughs> that I get to nibble on before the you know whoever finds my corpse or whatever. Oh no, the guy's like, hey, tell the EMT show up. We're okay. We're gonna make it. Yo, that is crazy. But it makes sense though too, because they they even though they're lazy and complacent, if given the opportunity, they they would take it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have your you like I said, mittens are there right now. I want you to look mittens right in mittens cold dark eyes. Look. Yeah. See that look he's looking back at you with? That's like you are food. You you are you are a means to an end for me. <laughs> oh, I, no! I know how they look at it. They look at it as a food chain. Yeah, and they see they see the owner being okay. They're the top of the food chain, but given the opportunity, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. the top. Like I feel like every yeah every house cat always looks at themselves like they're the lion. Yeah, yeah. Like they're like roar. I'm the I'm the you know head honcho here. Very different than dogs, because I feel like dogs only do that with like other animals. Like this is my territory, Here's and this is my owner. The, the you thing. know, this is my friend. This is my person. Versus a cat's like, yeah, you're the top person because you're alive and breathing. Yeah. Anything ha- were to happen to you, I'm I'm top one, and then you're food for me. Because technically, technically, as you mentioned earlier, you know, humans are very weak and very fragile. Absolutely. If we were to, it, we're pretty much food for like ninety percent of all carnivores. See, like, lions would eat us. Oh, no. Tigers would eat us. Oh, no. Coyotes, coyotes would only eat you if they know that they could beat you. Absolutely. Very similar to to uh, mittens. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and 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 coyotes don't like to travel alone. They travel in packs, and even in a pack, they would look at a, a grown male and they would be like, "I don't know if five of us could take him on." Let's go to somebody we know guarantee we can take on like a child or a, a sick person or something like that. Where a lot of animals that are carnivores, like a, I think uh, hyenas too, 
where they they don't attack like the best. Mm-mm. They just attack the ones that they know that they're capable of getting because that they they just want to survive. So it's it's kind of crazy. I didn't I didn't think that even house house animals like that would have that kind of a mindset. Um, but I guess that's that's just an ignorant mindset to have to not even know that your animal that you pretty much feed like a can of tuna or whatever it is that cats eat like at any moment in time, you know, if you was on the ground, had a heart attack, body a couple of days not moving, they would probably eat the rats that would try to eat you. Oh, trust me. Once that fancy and then, feast runs out, you next mm-hmm. on the menu. Trust me. Mm, that is. <laughs> and, 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 and since we're on this whole, like I said, I have I, I scour the internet. I find these stories because mm-hmm. I find them to be so fascinating. Um, and humans, um, we we one of the things that makes us unique is we're always striving for companionship, mm-hmm. wherever it may be. And uh, since we're on uh, pets, uh, let's talk about people who, for whatever reason, want to have um, reptiles as, as pets, which mm-hmm. is even in my mind, worse than having a cat because their brains only think about one thing and that's eating. So, uh, I believe this was down in Florida. Uh, this gentleman had a monitor lizard. Um, this gentleman will say, we'll call him David. Uh, David worked at a, uh, garage shop. Um, and he had a monitor lizard as a, as a pet and people noticed he didn't, Hey, David didn't come into work. So Monday goes by, Tuesday goes by, uh, he's not there. And they're like, hey, we should probably go check on David to see what's up. Well, David was home, but David was dead. Um, his monitor lizard had feasted upon him. And here's the thing about monitor lizards. They're very smart, slick little reptiles. Um, their mouth is infected, or not infected, but contains some of the worst bacteria um, known to, to man. And what they do is because they're not very swift, they'll just nip you and then let the infection set in until mm. you slowly fall. And then I'll come back and eat once you pass. And that's what happened to David. Uh, his, his reptile figured, Hey, he could be a, a nice snack. Let's go get some of this work. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. It almost looks like a Komodo dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like people said, keep that as a pet. Oh. It's almost like the same thing that people, the people that keep snakes and stuff like that, um, and that they, they take them out and wrap it around them and make them docile. And it's like, um, there's this there's this show called One Piece that I really like, and one of the uh, one of the characters uh, he said something that was mad cool, and it was like, have you ever seen a wild beast that you knew was guaranteed to not bite? Because I have never exactly, <laughs> and it's like, and it's like that is such a crazy mindset. Because I, I didn't even think about that like that. Humans, man, just looking for love in all the wrong places. Like, that. oh my <laughs> gosh, that is so true. Like you're literally going to, you're literally going to what in the in nature. If you if you didn't domesticate it in nature, this is your enemy. Yeah, like before technology, this is what you 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 eat that or that eats you. That's it. There's only there's only two ways about this. It's either I'm eating you as an animal or you're eating me and that's it. And if you can't help me capture other things to eat, I'm eating you. Like and I think that's one of the coolest things about excuse become, me about dogs is like you know, you can train your dog to hunt. Yeah, we've become too comfortable. 
Um, mm. And the um, what's that? I uh, saw. So I, I watch a lot of like I'm I'm into everything. I'm like a jack of all trades, master of none. And Fact, so, same, same. <laughs> I look into uh, a lot of different fields, and um, so there is a uh, a hunter. I, I got tipped on to him. His name is uh, Steve Ranello. And the thing that I appreciated about him and his hunting shows was he's like also not only is he like a he's hunter, but he's also like a historian. Like he mm-hmm. he explains things to you about the animals and the areas that that he goes on these hunts. And he says one of the things that we have done as humans is we put these like notions on animals, like bears, oh a teddy bear, you know, oh bears are so cuddly. And we have people run up on bears like, oh yeah, bears. No, 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 no. These we you can't do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like I think we imposed our good nature on on animals and we we think that they can be domesticated. And it's like, listen, even though you watch the Berenstein bears, that nine hundred pound lob of mass if it stands up at nine feet tall it's gonna look at you like use a snack bears eat their young just putting that out there for if they care so much bears eat their young um okay case in point uh like i said i got plenty of these i can tell you these all day um she was a uh writer on game of thrones and um (laughs) during i believe this was she was still working there around season like maybe let's say season six uh, and uh, during the off season, she got to go. Her and her family they go on safari, so they're out on safari in Africa. And uh, you know they're want to go on a like a safari tour, looking at animals. Uh, everybody wants to go see giraffes and zebras and lions. This would be awesome. Let's do this. Um, well, while they're traveling, um, her guy says, "Hey, in the vehicle, keep your windows up at all times, no matter what you do. I know they're cute. You think they're cute." Keep your windows up, please. And she wanted to take a picture uh, of these lions that were just chilling out, you know, under a tree. I mean, it's majestic. It's beautiful. You know, you're in Africa looking over the Serengeti, and you see these pride of lions. And you're like, you know what? This would be a cool Instagram post. And like, hey, safari days. And But unfortunately, well, you know what? The window is reflecting my flash, and it's messing up my picture, and I got to get this great shot. So she winds her window down, and she tries to take a picture, and them lions went lying, and he snatched her out of that vehicle and mauled her to death. Oof. And not only did she put that on herself, but the tour guide, poor man, had a heart attack <laughs> from witnessing the trauma. So, Are you for real? Yes, indeed. Uh, this is all true, people. You can look this up. Uh, I'm looking this up right now like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, she, uh, let's see, um, okay, she worked on the Game of Thrones. This is all true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, this is, yeah, I'm looking, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's innocent, ignorant, like, what what, what word even describes that? Like, do you think a lion isn't going to eat you? That's the thing. We put, like I said, we have, like, you know, uh, Tony the Tiger, Yogi Bear, like, we put these types of things. Um, is this like the, is this like the 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 I think the San Francisco um one? Yes. Where uh one of my favorite jokes of all time is just Cat Williams doing the stand up on it where he's like uh 
all these animals do in a cage think about all day is I wish somebody would step in this cage. Exactly. <laughs> I wish somebody would step in this cage. And then the zookeepers are like, well, I feed him every day. Yeah, that's the thing. These animals like, are just waiting for the moment to go whatever they are. You know, it's not bad tiger. That tiger just went tiger. It's a tiger. <laughs> it's, it's doing tiger things. You know, come on. Like it sees a bunch of food that's easily accessible, lighter skinned, right in his face. And it's like, hey, this is dessert. I haven't had this in a minute. Yeah. Um, and you her. literally, instead of like keeping the window, like, I mean, I'm still thinking like, even if the windows were up, like. Yep. Uh, her name was. Uh, Catherine Chappelle. Yep. And she was 29 years old. She was an editor for the uh, Game of Thrones. And um, yeah, she got mauled by a lion because. She did not obey the rules of the jungle. And oh no, no, she she leaned out. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Because because I'm thinking like yeah. even if the windows were 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 down or up, like if a blind just broke into the window, how could it you know do anything? But if you lean out, that's he just gonna grab you and pull you out. <laughs> like you literally. Oh, you offered yourself? Oh, I mean, it sucks that it happened. Oh, you know, but I, I feel but sorry for her family um, for having to, you know, that I don't. It's unfortunate. Uh, I have very dark sense of humor. I have, you know, I, for whatever reason, that's how I cope with things. I chuckle. Um, Me too. But at the same time, <laughs> I laugh at everything because <laughs> laughing is the best way to release everything on a good and bad note for me. Exactly. I don't know if I'm about for other people, but I just laugh everything off, whether it's like a fat, uh, a funny thing or an unfortunate, sad thing. Like I can I can cry and still be laughing type of thing. I am not um, happy that this happened. However, I think it's a great lesson for the rest of us. Like, thank you. oof. Like oof, I mean, it, the park rules are there for a specific reason too. Like obey the rules. That's all like you have an, to do. Obey an animal rules. is there. Like an animal is there. Like I, I, I forgot who was saying it. Um, but an, um, lions don't eat all the time. Like or every day, or they don't hunt all the time. They just do it when they're hungry. Yeah. Or they see an opportunity that they just can't pass up. I'm not rolling those dice though. No, I am not going. For it. Chances. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm not taking my chance. And if I'm taking my chances, I'm gonna lean out with something that's gonna stop it. Like, like, like how um how people get in um underwater shark um thingies with with the uh, uh, cages. Yeah, yeah, no, like some something like that. Uh, it's a risk, but it's safe because the shark that's capable of breaking that deserves to eat me. Exactly. Because if you could break this, same with, I think, I think they're, they, they made ones for crocodiles too. Um, and it's like, if you can get in there and it's like, it was specifically made to try to not have you come in there, then, you know, you deserve my stupidity for offering myself to you just for my thrill and a couple of Instagram likes, you know, hey, um, I but don't need that, you like that, that much. <laughs> that kind of sucks though because it's like you know for family it's like oh no she just wanted a, an extravagant picture but it's like was it worth the picture exactly like case in point um you take the family into disney world you're like ah disney world this is you know the greatest place you know we got to go see the mouse everybody's got mouse ears on and it's all the castle and it's fantastic you know i got an ice cream cone shape of mickey mouse it's fantastic and then several hours later my child is eaten by an alligator. Like, what the hell? Cause that yeah, but how did, how did that happen? Um, 
certain so if if you ever been to Disney World or you know anything about Disney World, uh, it's broken up into like sections and areas, and they have water. Some of these places they have like waterways. They're done to made up look like the old bayou. Well, it's it's Florida, and alligators are just as common as field mice, and there's water everywhere, and so there's alligators everywhere. <laughs> And a child got too close to the water. And like I said, alligators are just dinosaurs. They only think about one thing, feeling their belly. It doesn't care that this is a child. It doesn't care that you you love this being. This is your baby. <laughs> you sound like my best friend. <laughs> it doesn't care. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't matter to an alligator. Alligator is just like... Yeah, it's, it's right my size. Yeah, Zoink. so true. <laughs> you know, like uh, alligator was probably thinking, like, you just gonna give it to me like that? Yeah, the alligator was just like, oh, this is too easy. <laughs> yeah, how could I say no to that? Thank you. You know, you just a snack pack. You know, that's all you work with, alligator. That's it. <laughs> you know, you serve uh, You know, and and if you're like, oh, how could you say that? That's wrong. You'd be right. However, you're wrong because the parents. You have to have the wherewithal to know where you're at. Come on. And that's alligator. I don't blame that. Anytime that I hear about an animal goes an animal and someone dies, I never am upset with the animal. Ever. It's not the animal. It's like as much as you want to blame the animal, you can't blame nature. No. No. It's like it's like uh, uh, whenever I hear whenever I hear like animals, uh, especially like bears or coyotes attacking campers, and it's like then when the park rangers and stuff do investigations and they realize like they littered the whole campground, it's like they put you know chocolate stuff, they put everything, and it's like you're literally inviting them to your tent. You're telling them I'm here, and not only is the chocolate here, but I'm here too, like meat. Have you ever like, seen Grizzly Man? Hmm? Grizzly seen, Man? Have you ever seen Grizzly Man? Nope. Uh, okay, man. I am really tipping you on to a lot of stuff you need to be checking out. Heck uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Grizzly Man is a uh, documentary. Um, I think it's by Herzog, I believe that was the gentleman's name. Let's see. Oh, I, oh, um, I think I've heard of it, but years ago, years ago. Okay. It's like, is it in Alaska? Yes. So, okay, some uh, I, I think I saw some video, but refresh my memory. Okay, so this was a video that was taken by um was a documentary done by Werner Herzog. Okay, so her, um there was a man by the name of Timothy Treadwell, and Timothy used to go to Alaska and film uh, like these nature documentary pieces, and mm-hmm. he would you know. He's a very eccentric gentleman, and he cared a lot about the animals and things that he was filming. Um, But he went up there around the grizzly bears, and he had spent months with these grizzly bears before he had been up there. Um, And one year he goes up there, and he takes his, um, I believe the lady was his girlfriend. And one night, this grizzly bear comes in and just decimates both of them um he actually has the audio because timothy like i said he was a filmmaker and so he had his camera running 
the you will, if you check on YouTube and stuff, there are people who've put out audio, but it's not the real audio. Uh, Werner Herzog has never put out the official audio of what happened that evening, but um, a it was an aged grizzly bear, so it was an, it was a really old grizzly bear. Because mm-hmm. um, normally grizzly bears, unless they feel endangered, they won't attack. I I say that with air quotes. Um, but he had broken a lot of cardinal rules. Uh, he was there when the bears were waking. Uh, and if you know, if they've been hibernating, they need to pack on, you know, nutrients because, you know, they've thinned out. Winter's over. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he didn't put his food separate, you know, from his camp area. So that drew him, the bear to him. And it was an aged bear, uh, pretty old, um, the, cause they did end up finding the bear. Um, that it had killed Timothy and his girlfriend. And it just destroyed this man. And if you know what a grizzly bear is. A grizzly bear is probably one of the most ferocious things God has ever intended to walk <laughs> on this planet. It, it doesn't make sense how big and powerful these animals are. Like, it, it doesn't. And so anytime anybody asks me, hey, Shaman, would you like to go camping? I'm like, is it a cabin or is it a tent? Because if it's a tent, I'm not going. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> even even a cabin, like you see how strong bears are. If they're hungry, you think a little wooden door is going to stop them? Oh no, I'm talking like resort cabin. Like yeah, oh, it's kind of uh, in the woods, but it's not really the woods. With you other know? cabins as well. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, you yeah. Have still have neighbors. Like it's, it's yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's someone carved out of the woods. That's yeah, my yeah. that's my sense of camp. That's me roughing it. But I still mm-hmm. got internet, so. I, you know, I'm not camping with you at all. I'm sorry. You, you ever you, have you ever been camping like that? Um, I went one time as a child, and it was the, the worst experience of my life. Therefore, I've never gone camping again. Really? Oh, <laughs> I I used to love. Uh, I've been camping. I camped at like over 20, 20 places. Um, just like how you mentioned the the danger. Uh, there was one in particular in Tennessee where uh somebody left uh, a lot of food out in the campsite. And uh, deers at like 1 a.m. came to the people's tent that had, they had they, they were told don't bring food to the tent leave them to leave them in the cabin because there was this there was a big like uh, longhouse time um, type of thing where where we would cook um, but then we would be like maybe half a mile out in the woods or whatever and they were like don't bring food don't bring food and definitely don't bring snacks to the tent. Like if you if you bring food, at least bring the food that you cook there because at least that kind of food doesn't smell as much. Snacks smell way worse. They brought a whole bunch of snacks and they left everything unopened <laughs> in the tent. And they're all oh, they were thinking, oh, you know, my my half a millimeter sized tent material is gonna be able to stop the smell. Right? Middle of the night, 1 a.m. Like a, a whole group of deer come in to like and they just like they use their horns to try to like open up the tent. And can you imagine? This was the first time these city people ever went outdoors. First time ever. I've I've, I've been outdoors and I've never encountered animals. And because I'm always abiding by the rules set by the rangers, uh, these people first time city people and they're like, oh my god, it's a puma, it's a lot, <laughs> it's it's gonna kill us. And then the ranger, uh, when the ranger drove over there, scared away the deer. And he was like, you are so lucky it was just deer because I didn't have to shoot or kill them. 
if that would have been a Puma, you would I wouldn't have heard a call. I would have gotten I would have gotten cries from people saying, "Oh my gosh, the Puma came and ate these folks." Oh no. Not not a deer was rubbing uh, rubbing head uh rubbing the heads and can you imagine just like waking up and all you're hearing is and it's like hey who's out there and it's it, <laughs> because de- deer deer ain't no joke those deer were huge no, uh, like four or five hundred pound deer trying to get into your tent that's crazy you ever seen a deer eat a bird do they yeah yeah they For real? yeah yeah yeah, they're they're not, they don't just eat plants and nah, berries? Nah, nah. For real? Nah. <laughs> they oh, will. my God. <laughs> nah. Like, let's see. Here's the thing, people. I'm trying to tell y'all, man. This life is wild. <laughs> Nature is wild. I never would have thought. But I've seen it. I've seen a deer eat a bird. Um, so, I, I, um, it was and two that, And that guy petted, petted those bears. I just looked it up right now. He yeah. was petting bears. Yeah, yeah. he was insane. It was insane. Oh like here's the thing: you can only tempt fate so many times. You know what I mean? You know, it's, it's so many <sighs> times. Like if, and but see, that is the thing: we put so much of us into animals, and wrongly so. And a lot of times, people do this to horrific results. Um, that's why I say you'll never catch me out in the woods looking. Like lunch meat. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm. I, if I go out there, I'm going there to catch lunch meat, not be someone's lunch exactly. meat. Exactly. Um, no, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm cool. I'm cool. Like, hey, you want? Yeah, you want to? Yeah, we're gonna load the camper up. Now nah, I see y'all when y'all get back. Let me go feed your dog. I got you. Other than that, nah, I ain't going. I have friends all the time because I got a lot of, I like different kinds of friends, uh, which is cool because I always like want to keep. You know, my circle is, like, diverse. Cause I, you know, I can learn a lot of different things from a lot of different people. So I've had opportunities where, like, hey, man, we're going out to, uh, you know, out here or in the woods to do some camping. Uh, you you want to come? Like, nah, it's all right, dude. Ah, oh, come on. It'd be great. Yeah, no, nah, I'm all right. Because <laughs> here's the thing, man. We got coyotes. Um, We may. Like, I live in Virginia. And, um. Here's the thing. I hear now we might have mountain lions back on the menu out these parts. I ain't going out there with you. I am like, like I said, a house cat is a problem. Do you understand what a mountain I had no idea how large a mountain lion was until I actually looked one up. No. <laughs> no. There is no way. We're not doing this. Not today, not tomorrow, not never. Um, so you send me a postcard. Tell me all about it. Take lots of pictures. Um, if I want to see a wild animal, I live in the future. I have the internet. I have 4K imaging. I, <laughs> I can look. I can. That's how I can. Hey, that's the best way I can look at it. Because I don't do zoos. Uh, zoos depress me uh, like nothing else. Uh, so I won't do that. Um, but I'll look at a picture. Somebody else who went out there and put their life on the line, willing to throw it all away. Man, I just saw the video of a deer just chewing on a bird that flew literally right into its mouth. Yeah. Like as if it was a piece of grass. Yeah, and that deer had no qualms about chewing her up. Yeah, yeah, it was just, <laughs> it was just like a bird just let the, it flew right in its mouth. Yeah, people like yeah. what? A deer will eat you. 
Man, and it, and I was reading it real quick, and it said that if it's not able to um, chew through your skin, it'll just nibble on it until it's able to. Yeah, it it'll just do it. Like so same said. concept as the cat. Just it'll, if it'll you're, it, it, it just sees you as <laughs> superior until you're not superior. Yeah, it just these animals are here to do work. I'm you, <laughs> these animals are here to do work. Like we are nothing. Like here's the thing, people. We, we gotta cook so these lucky. things before we, we eat so them. Lucky if these things don't become sentient, and they don't become what? Uh, not sentient because they are sentient beings. They do know so, but ability to like learn. Here's a crazy thing: they say mm-hmm. um, chimpanzees are now entering their stone age. Yeah, mm. that's a problem. I swear to God, if I see a freaking chimpanzee out here toting a tomahawk. <laughs> bro think about it though like with this new they're playing they're playing pong with their brains yeah, yeah and people are dressing them up people are trying to get them to learn how to do shapes and sizes and colors and point to orange point to red it's, 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 oh Planet my apes. goodness like they're teaching them not realizing it's like you don't know at some point when they're gonna realize like hey we're just as smart as you but we're actually physically stronger look Here's the thing. Um, how we were talking about people, like I said, humans, we're out here looking for love in all the wrong places. And sometimes our love leads us to the unfortunate place of, you know what would be cool? I'm going to get me a chimpanzee. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to raise him and put a little diaper on him. It's going to be cool. I'm going to call him Clarence. You know how I many people, chimpanzees, destroy them? You know? And here's the thing about a chimpanzee. They're smart. You know, outside of humans, they're the only animal that murders. They go out with the full intention to kill. They have hunting parties. Yeah. They do this. Chimpanzees. Um Yeah, I didn't know they were about that life. Oh, they oh, they they set tripping like you would not believe. And here's another thing. If a chimpanzee wants to tear you apart, they're not gonna do it quick. They're gonna do it slow. Cause they go for the nice soft spots. Like your fingers, your eyes, your nose, your genitals, things of that nature. So if you ever get the gumption to go out here and be like, you know what would be sweet? You know what would be awesome? You know what's going to get me out there on the gram showing the <laughs> I'm going to get this chimpanzee. <laughs> you crazy. There's no way in hell. <laughs> and a lot of people look at it like, and it's almost the same as a house animal because uh, it's like when you think about it, they could at some point when they're smart enough to realize, like, not only are you weaker than me, like, I can destroy you whenever I want. Yeah. yeah. And oh. they could be way smaller and they're crazy. Like, they look like a toothpick. Like, like you know how people how people gauge strength levels uh, with guys like, OK, this guy is like a toothpick. I can beat him up. Yeah. Or like this guy looks like Batista. Let me stay away from him. No. Chimps, even the like. Chimps don't really stand up. Nope. So they're crouched most of the time. You can't see their actual strength at all. You can't gauge them. And that's the thing that people don't realize about animals is that animals, their strength doesn't necessarily, like you can't gauge their strength based off of eyes. Like it's very deceiving to look at an animal like a chimp um, and say, hey, this one's weak because it's small. It's like, uh, yeah, but if you was to have a arm wrestling match, it would snap your arm in half. No, they're all fast twitch muscle. That's all. That's, that's all they are. If, if you, um, uh, experiment 
for the listeners at home, I want you to go look at the biology and look at the skeletal muscles of a chimpanzee. These things are ripped naturally. These things, here's the thing. I will give you a an infant chimpanzee. I bet you can't beat it. I bet you can't. If you do, you're going to know that some bitch was there. <laughs> That's real stuff. Like, that, we are the weakest species on the planet. We're just smarter, perceivably smarter than everything else. If anything, and then and that's based off of uh, that's based off of our IQs exactly because just how you were saying about the (laughs) octopus, it's like that's insanely smart because not only do they get food during the day, they can eat whatever they want at night. Exactly. Here's the thing, I'm an idiot. I'm just I'm just a a guy with a couple decent ideas, and half of them are bad. So you give something to put us like a chimpanzee, you put them on the level of us. Have problems. <laughs> we have so many problems. Like I said, um, we all be out here like Charlton Heston, like, you know, get your hands off me, you filthy ape. Like that's that's gonna be the call. Like Planet of the Apes is real. Like it will happen. Maybe not in my lifetime, but it will happen. Yeah, like somebody's gonna be dumb enough to try to give them the same intellect. The same same with the AI uh theory right now that's going on about like so many different colleges, universities, and a whole bunch of different research areas, institutes are all trying to like create their own AI. Um, I think it was like years ago, Facebook had an AI and it had to shut it down because it started to like uh teach itself things and they just had to shut it down because it's like uh why would it teach itself? Like, what is it going to start learning? Here's the thing. All right. All of us. Thought experiment. Look at everything that man does. And when I say man, I mean humans. Male, female, non-binary. The whole lot. Look at us. And give yourself this math equation. How are we to fix the problems that we have in nature? Oh, well, it's obvious. Get rid of the humans. (laughs) I mean, that is the logical answer. Like, truly, it is not the feasible answer, but it is the logical answer. And if you give something that is only based in logic, the ability to think and to come up with an answer, a hundred times out of a hundred times, I got to get rid of these humans because they are a problem. I mean, when you look at when you look at everything that's been happening with everybody that stayed indoors and how nature started thriving again because of the CO2 emissions went down, everybody staying indoors because of COVID. And when you look at how like everything just went up when everybody just stayed inside and just let nature be nature. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't say climate change is real um, or fake because that's the endless debate of science versus like. Uh, it's like who's giving numbers about stuff and I'm not a scientist so I don't know I just got to take somebody else's research and word for it but when you look at just like what effects happen like the moment humans stop for like six seven eight months it's like the environment started getting better as soon as people started going out nature was like (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, oh, that was perfectly timed. You know, yes. Nature, yeah, nature was like, oh, I can stretch. You know, like, yeah. You ever, like, got up, like, off the couch and been sitting for a long time. And, like, you know, even, you know, you go outside, just uh, stretch. That's what nature was doing when we couldn't go nowhere. Here's the thing people look back. Do you remember the time, like, say, like 18 months ago, you go outside and you look up at the sky? It wasn't a helicopter, it wasn't a plane, just a sky. Mm-hmm. Nothing. You go out on the road, it's maybe like twelve cars. And that's on the interstate. Yeah. Remember that? Now think about it. The earth was just like <sighs> feels pretty good. I don't know about you, but I feel pretty good right now. And that's what it and that's what it was. Like, unfortunately, I I, I love the fact that I'm alive. I love that I can experience things. I love there are other human beings on this planet sharing these experiences with me but we are a problem <laughs> for the planet for earth for nature we are a problem and it's so funny that you mentioned that because that's literally the inception of my book like the batea ascending book that's literally like how it starts it's literally humans are incapable of taking care of their own planet and make the earth get destroyed. How exactly? I don't know, because I didn't want to get into the specifics of it, but there's so many examples. Like, A, there could be a nuclear explosion, people getting their hubris, people egotistical, people trying to dominate land, people not sharing, whatever the case may be, nuke, boom. Two, climate change being real, where everybody is just, you know, carbon um, dioxide levels rising out of proportion, killing the ozone layer, allowing heating, allowing the uh, the ice um, in the caps to melt and rise sea levels, thus lessening the amount of land that we're able to have, as well as having a very difficult time growing because there's lack of water because everything is drying up it's like all the and you can just go on and on and on all the things that we are causing to this planet and it's like that's how the book started because it's like we were incapable of taking care of this planet to the point where aliens had to come in and save us and take us to their spaceship and only a select group of us the ones that were willing to go and say hey you know what uh, this planet is not going to last that much longer. So either we can stay here and die here, or we could just take our take our chances with these extraterrestrials. Which you know, most people would also say like, well, "Damned if you do, damned if you don't." But at least there's a hope up there because you know, guaranteed, humans aren't going to stop. Right. And that was my concept of the book. You know, guaranteed for a fact, you stay here, humans aren't going to stop what they're doing. Humans are still going to continuously do what they're doing. Oh. So at least you have a chance out of space. And I think that's what Elon Musk was really referring to when he was talking about life on Mars and stuff like that is the fact that, yes, you could put everything into trying to save this planet. But if it, if 100 percent of humans aren't putting an effort, you might as well try to look under the water no, or, or outer space because on land. Uh, no, Here's something. All right. Um. Here's something to probably make you sad because it made me sad when I found out about it. Um, do you know why NASA and every other, um, let's see, um, space shuttle launch needs a window? Because you would think, no. oh, I just need to, we need to shoot in space, right? Because um, we have so much garbage in space circling our planet. 
Yeah. Our, yeah, because uh, the debris that's floating around our planet is traveling at hundreds of miles an hour. So, therefore, if it were to come into contact with a shuttle, uh, it would be horrendous. Pull it up. Take a peek and see the garbage map that's floating around. We basically have a shell of trash. This is how bad we are. We're not only polluting our ocean, we're not even polluting our air, we're not even polluting our land, but we're also polluting space. It is a problem. Humans, we're gross. <laughs> yeah. And and so they have the window to like uh, navigate and try to avoid getting slammed into trash. That is part of the reason that you have to look for a window in order to launch a spaceship because there is a shell of waste from, because here's the thing, when we launch things in orbit, um, we have to have stuff break off, mm-hmm. you know, the rockets, once they go, you have to drop off. Not all that stuff falls back to earth. Some of that stuff just stays up there in its own little orbit. And then you have damage to stuff and then you have to jettison stuff while you're in space and it doesn't go anywhere. It just stays with us. So thanks humans. We win. We're rock. <laughs> so is that, is that why there's the space agency now or yeah. space force? Uh, space force. I believe the reason we're doing space force is because uh, now the Pentagon is, um, releasing all the documents about quote unquote UF I don't I don't believe they call them UFOs anymore. Like it's like all the um sightings that they've seen. Which is also amazing that now <clears throat> all this footage of these unknown phenomena uh, that we've come into contact with. Are they aliens? Who knows? Could be. No one can explain it. I mean, I feel I feel like when you think of things that are inexplicable, you always have to throw in the you always have to throw in. We don't understand technology that we have access to. So anything that we have access to, we can we can understand and comprehend Like we under we know what a blimp is. So if we see a blimp in the air, we're not going to be like petrified or mortified. But if we see the same size of a blimp but in a different shape like in a saucer circular even a square like or insert brand new shape here you know if we see that floating we're going to be like what is that who controls that what country has access to that and if no country that we know has access to that or does that or is claiming that or even a terrorist group or any if nobody is claiming that insert potential extraterrestrial but my thing is if they just did a base off of that then would it i mean personally wouldn't it be more liable to say that they have access to actual footage regarding because if you're doing it based off of those couple of clips to create a whole agency that's a lot of tax money that goes into that absolutely and I don't think the go- I mean, I don't know. I'm not the government, but I don't think the I don't think anybody would spend money just based off of a speculation. No, no, that's and that's the thing. It's that's what I'm thinking. Is it is it it was a space for created to manage more so the trash? Because if you're saying that trash travels at that speed, then what happens with the with the, the ISIS, the International Space Station? I believe um, it is outside of 
that orbit because it's, oh, okay. it's okay. planned to be like the, the debris, even though it's still, it is, it is so bad. It's, it's one of the saddest things. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you do want to just check that out, just look at uh, space debris. And there's a actually NASA actually has a map of it. It's 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 pretty sad. It it really is pretty sad. However, though, it's golly, you are not kidding. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This looks like an asteroid. The asteroid belt around Earth. Yeah. Yeah, and and this this is what we do. <laughs> we we move on. Like I said. Wow, the, that the is crazy. Day, like, we honestly we don't deserve the gift of the Earth that we have. Yeah, no, not at all. This is ridiculous. I was expecting a little bit. Oh no, no. It's oh, almost no. like a like at some. How does the sun even pass through all this? Like what? No, and here's the thing: we got dead satellites. You know, so they just sit there. Man, hey, out of sight, not of mind. That is, that is that is the human reasoning. The garbage. You know, it's, it's essentially we've like wind our window down and threw that like candy bar wrapper out the window like ah, somebody else's problem now yeah like how are we ever like for, forget mining for asteroids how are we gonna get what like how are you gonna pass all this gunk that's in the oh my goodness yeah, it's, that it's, is terrible yeah like we are an un, unfortunate species for all of our greatness we have so many flaws for the people who can't who can't uh, see um, or just, you know, you're just traveling in the car or whatever. Uh, so what I'm looking at is a picture of the earth. And if you just grab like a bunch of sand from like the beach and you just put it over the earth, like on a flat plane, that's exactly what I'm looking at. It's like thousands of small little particles covering the earth. And those are all space debris, space junk whether it's satellites or whatever pieces, whatever it is, just random stuff covering the earth. Like you would have thought it was like one or two. No, 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 no. Literally grab a handful of sand and put it over like a 2d picture of the earth. And that's the amount of space debris. And when you put that into scale, like the actual size of those things, that's even crazier. Like those are gigantic pieces of, of property or of whatever, satellites uh and that's only the perceivable stuff yeah like and that, those are things that you can see and that those are large pieces of equipment imagine those things that are smaller exactly like yeah we're terrible <laughs> yeah in, in 10 years oh man we might be we might be able to create so much trash that we block out the sun oh we, we are we are as a society, as a world, we are doomed if we continue on the path that we are. Um, I, I, I truly do believe like we should be uh, looking for like anytime there's like alternative means of like energy, fuel, uh, power. That is really what we need to be doing because the way we're going right now, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't look good. <laughs> like it. Yeah, maybe I hope the Space Force is more so for like cleaning up the space debris and maintenance of satellites um, and not so much the the uh, the aliens, uh, because if you're just doing it based off of speculation, it doesn't make too much sense. But then you're just going to let all this space gunk like and what was what would what would happen if any of those like knocks out one of the satellites that are actually providing like my cell phone service? Well, I'm, I'm sure we've had 
those issues. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's happened. Because <laughs> I, 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 that would suck. Like space gug knocking out my my cell phone service. And oh, that's terrible. Humans are very terrible stewards. Oh, we don't man. know how to manage what we are given. Oh, that is terrible. <laughs> so, if you've learned anything today, ladies and gentlemen, is humans are terrible. Your cat doesn't love you. <laughs> and stop worrying about why millionaires want to go to space. Because I think we all do want to go. If and if you it. don't, just know, if you haven't seen Elysium, look at Elysium and see what happens if you are not wanting to go. <laughs> oh, man, Nico. Hey, man, this this was all, this has actually been my longest podcast. I've never gone this long before. This is yeah, that's my fault. I just talked forever, oh, no. <laughs> and I, like I said, like you said, jack of all trades, master of none. Same way, I, I communicate and I can talk about a, a whole bunch of stuff because just everything is just like I said in the beginning, like knowledge and talking to other people. You're able to pick apart stuff. Like you were able to talk about a lot of things I had no idea about. Like wow, no, this like this right here. It, this has probably been one of my favorite. Um, podcast that I've done because I've been able to just go on these tangents. Every hey, listeners, Derek, I'm talking to you, especially. <laughs> I do this like this is what I do. Like I go on these tangents, I follow these rabbit holes. Sometimes I enjoy where I go, sometimes I don't. But guess what? We always tend to come to a very special part. So, Nico, I want to thank you so much for coming on. You got anything you want to plug? Let the people know where they can find you, your socials, your website, your book that, especially your book. I gotta, I want to read that now. Like, I definitely, I'm, I'm interested. I gotta get down with that. Um, so other people can't see, but I'm showing you. This is the comic that I uh, did. It's not as good as the book, um, but uh, Batea Sending. You can check it out on Amazon or my website, NicoPengen.com. You can check me out on Nico Pengen underscore on Twitter. No, not on Twitter. Excuse me. Instagram on Twitter. Just Nico Pengen one. Um, other than that, Nico Pengen at all my platforms. My books about space, uh, humans not taking care of the planet and uh, letting the planet pretty much die off because we're terrible caretakers of, of what we're given um, and how uh, aliens come and offer us a truce and give us an opportunity to uh, live and thrive on their uh, spaceship and let us use technology and we're capable of creating a sport based off of a uh, Taino uh, tradition called Batey which is pretty much like a mixture of like hacky sack kind of with a, a ball and like basketball but uh, instead of like a, uh, a hoop that is um like uh, how it is now horizontally it's vertically and you got to hit it through you can't use your hands though um but other than that yeah you 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 know you can check me out and i also have a podcast argue bros where we talk about wild stuff just like this too uh where there's more arguing this was more like informational like you was just spitting me with a whole bunch of information that i had no idea about so thank you so much oh no again like i said man this is my pleasure um i would love to at some point get you to come back on. Cause like I said, we can do this like whenever, like you always Big have facts. an open invitation to the, no thank you. Thank you. Podcast. Thank you. Absolutely. So ladies and gentlemen, this has been the no room to talk podcast with Nico Pingan. And 
With no further ado, I'll catch you next Wednesday. Peace. <laughs>